The GovCon Secrets Podcast will take a deep dive into the government contracting space where you'll hear from a variety of expert guests on strategy, pricing, benefits, business tactics, and all this to save you a ton of money, time, energy, and effort. I'm your host, Jim Campbell, former Marine and CEO of Axum Fringe Solutions Group. My goal is to redefine the benefits world with a brutally honest view of how benefits, compliance, finance, and overall contracting strategy mixed with my years of experience and expertise can benefit you to deploy strategies to help your GovCon grow and win in the future, all the while without boring you to death. We're going to have fun. Let's start the show. And I will tell you that our audience is going to love hearing this because, look, working with thousands of companies over the last almost 20 years now, you come across the consistent problem, whether in their GovCon or not, is that there is no capacity for any more crap, right? No, no. Benefits does not have a quantity problem. That's right. But then you have these advisors who constantly throw the crap on top of them. Now, take that and then you add in all the tech services that you have. So you have payroll, HRIS, ERP, all these companies, they all have crap. And then you have to try to make, they're saying, well, we do HR. You don't need to do it. Outsource to us. And then you have another step removed from your employees. And it's become this cycle of how do we manage, and this is GovCon specific, so I'm not speaking to everybody, but how do we manage growing and keep our cost very, very narrow? Well, when you keep your cost very narrow, you lose even further engagement with those employees because now they're just a number or they're working on a contract. That's the furthest intent of most CEOs. Most CEOs and C-level people don't want just the employees to, they don't start out to say, yeah, we just want to make this a a money machine. And like, we're, we actually care, right? You're a small business owner. I'm a small business owner. You care. You give a crap about the people that you work with. Most companies care in my experience and most HR teams and benefits teams, God bless them. Like again, it's, it's not for those that want glory. Like they actually really give a shit. The problem is that they are rendered ineffective because they're, they've not been made decision makers on lots of things. And more frustratingly, they have not been allowed to have the budget or the tools needed to do this stuff well. So they're under-resourced. They've got a really shitty tech stack. And then to your point just a second ago, they are being inundated with bad advice from middlemen who have the wrong incentives. And that, that's, that's a fact. Most advisors, whether you're in GovCon or not, full stop are getting bad advice from a broker with the wrong incentives. And look, if you're a good broker, I'm not talking about you. You know who you are. And if you're wondering if you're a good broker, then that's on you. (laughs) This is the conversation that you should not be listening to. Yeah. I've worked with lots of good ones and I'm not talking about the good ones. And and I I have dealt with hundreds, if not thousands of brokers at this point. And a large majority of them are lazy middlemen who just unfortunately, and it's some of it's not their fault. The incentives aren't aligned, right? Like if my incentive is to get your broker of record letter, I don't give a shit what perk services or tech stack you have. I just want you to sign that UHC policy with me. Like I don't give a shit. Uh, I'll say I give a shit because I want you to choose me at broker A instead of my competitor at broker B, but we're really not differentiated at all. We sling the same insurances to the same populations. There's no way to differentiate, but where it gets really frustrating is, and that's, I think you can see it. Like, I work with enough organizations and they're all fucking snowflakes. Like every single company has a different set of technology. Every single company has a different set of benefits. Every single company has a different experience. Every single company has a different way that they treat and want to treat their employees, right? Combine all of those things and then stick a guy in the middle who's like, I don't really know anything about any of this, but I'll make some recommendations to throw some shit on the wall for you, client, so you think that I'm servicing you. It gets sticky and I, I feel bad because... 
you know, benefits professionals and HR professionals and HR team, just HR teams in general have, have had so much pressure transition to them in the last decade around this like cultural and experience crap, but nothing about their resources or their support systems have changed. So they've gone from right. saying, oh, I need to not only administer our benefits and make sure they're done well and get people the claims information and access to information they need for their health insurance. Now I'm in charge of the quote, entire employee experience and nothing about my resources and my support system to do that have changed. And that's really unfair. And so what has happened is a lot of brokers and consultancies have jumped in and said, oh, well, we'll be that person for you. We'll take, we'll be the gatekeeper. Right. We'll jump in and we'll vet all these services for that's you. Right. And the problem is that they're not well vetted. They're not well educated. And half the time they're just providing services that they're making a commission on, which is why we just passed a law that says if your broker is making a commission on a service they recommend, they have to fucking tell you that. Because I, I was at a conference like, you know, two years ago and it was, it was like the average employer is offering like Eight now offers 18 voluntary benefits or something. And the, and the benefits that they listed were like all insurance products, like so many insurance. But look, like a lot of these insurance products are helpful, right? Like it was insane. It was bananas. I was like, this has somebody's incentivized to sell these all fucking over it. Yeah, it was brutal. That's, that's when you like, you're like, our company has all these great benefits. That nobody uses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, look, I think the data was like for, for, from Core Stream or something where like, okay, obviously there's this is skewed, but like it 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 just opened my eyes to like the fact that what is getting provided to employees, and that's why all of a sudden you see this has ballooned in the last 20 years from core benefits to like this whole myriad of shit. And there's two reasons for that. One is employees just want and expect more things. And to be competitive, you have to add to your experience. You have to actually create and provide benefits represent the lifestyle you want for your employees and also just give your employees the flexibility to get the shit they want if you want to do that, right? Or you can be the employer that's like, I'm not going to provide any of this for you. I just pay you better. You do what you want with your own money. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. But then the other compounding pressure is that you've got this industry. There's an industry here and the industry is built to try to sell employee shit. And the people Massive. that have direct access to your employer are their benefit broker. So you're getting offered a bunch of shit that it doesn't matter if you want it or not. The employer is going to provide it. They're going to say they do it for you. And then it's under explained, under promoted and, and underutilized. And it's like, well, I'm not staying, I'm not sticking around because you offer me this weird, you know, additional insurance policy. And I'm not sticking around because you gave me a Netflix subscription, like too little, right. too late guys. Right. It's, it's just like the cycle is so obvious once you've seen it. And for me, it took four months of working with showcase after we launched it to be like that we got it we got it we got to address the whole cycle like the whole thing's got to go so you know we we talk to advisors across the paradigm of govcon right a, a lot of benefits obviously because it's such a huge piece and it affects govcon but we've talked to bid and pricing folks we've talked to true consultants in govcon how they go about building their practices and their, their technology and everything and the one thing that none of them talk about are benefits Ever, because they're like, I know a broker, and they say they're GovCon. And then we come in and we're like, whoa, wait, shh, shh, shh. like they're, yeah. they're not GovCon specific. I'm sure you've seen a lot of my messages on LinkedIn. So I get heat. Like I get people that talk crazy about us. Jim's trying to do this. They just want to win the business. And uh, hey, great, whatever, God love you. I've always said it's about value. Sell yeah. what you want to sell. But if you can as match as much value as we bring, you win. If you can't, then you shouldn't be involved, right? I always tell people, if what you're doing now is the right thing, I'll, I'll tell you 100%, you got the best deal, period. Right. But if it's not, you definitely shouldn't leave that RFP open to your broker to write for you. 
Yeah. You know, that's a bad win. That's a bad mix. And you've, yeah. everything you've said has kind of really proven that out because now you're disintermediated around making the value decision, the delivery decision, opening the communications and actually then the employee win decision because you've taken it out of their hands. They're not going to win in that. In any one of those scenarios, they're yeah. not going to get a win. And you spend yeah. all this money on benefits. Yeah. And it's, it's just, like I said, the incentives are just so fucked. And like when the incentives are not aligned for something, you always get weird and expensive outcomes, right? Like it's just, that's just a fact of life. And and the problem is like, you've got brokers again, not the good ones, but you've got people that want to say to their client, I'm being helpful. So I'll assume the role of being the gatekeeper of all this information. Cause to be fair, there is too much technology and there are too many benefit options. Full stop. Like there's too much information. They get HR teams just do not have the capacity. That is a true problem. And look, I think some brokers really do solve that problem for clients, but the problem is they have no incentive to step on toes and they are not experts in these things. So they wind up making half-assed recommendations. They do not cover the cost of these things. And then you get, you get frustrated HR people who, who seek out the information. They will do the demos of the products. They will meet with the teams. I mean, I've worked with hundreds of brands in the benefit space and they all get meetings. If the products are sound and the right. offering is good for employees, they will get meetings. For sure. So that's not the problem. The problem right. is getting to the close and the close gets fucked up because the broker doesn't really want to make a recommendation because if it fails, then, then they don't want to assume responsibility for the recommendation. They will only pay for a solution if they think it is going to keep their their broker of record letter intact. It's the only reason they pay for anything. So the minute mm-hmm. they think they've got the BOR intact, they pull the, they pull the budget and say, oh, we're not going to pay for that thing we said we'd pay for last year. And now all of a sudden you've got an HR team that's like, well, I didn't, I don't have any budget for this. Like this was a thing that we agreed would be helpful. And now they're hamstrung. And so they just cut shit. And it's like, this is, again, this is broken because the person in the middle does not have the right incentives here. And, you know, I could wax poetic all day about how HR teams are underfunded and all that. And, you know, it's baffling to me how many HR teams don't have decision-making power for a budget, which is just a broken concept in and of itself. But Because they're not revenue producing. But again, that's penny wise and dollar foolish, right? Oh, no, I, I know. But that's the rationale. It's like, oh, you're a cost center, so you get to spend no money. It's like, that sounds like a way to keep me expensive. <laughs> But yeah, that's a whole nother ball of wax. I might need whiskey for that one. (laughs) So one of the questions I wrote down and I really wanted to get to, how has this journey reinforced your belief that employee engagement is necessary? And I think you've touched on that quite a bit. But then the second part of that was, how has this journey reinforced your belief that employee engagement was the focus when it you saw the economy change and you started to see what was the great resignation and then the great reshift or whatever they want to call it. Have you seen any material changes in your beliefs of what you're doing is right? Or has it just lit the fire that much hotter because you're like, it's still way more broken than I thought originally. I'm just even more fired up and I'll continue to hit my head against a wall until I break through the wall uh, on this one because you know, look, and you and I have talked quite a bit about this before, Jim, but like someone has to own the rails to the employee. And the person that needs to own that is the employer. Um, 100%. First and foremost, because that is like, and again, we can talk about healthcare premiums. We could talk about experience. We talk about voluntary. Uh, none of this matters if you cannot accurately and efficiently get it in front of the employee. Until, until we get away with employer-sponsored benefits altogether, which I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, uh, this is a problem that needs to be solved. It's also, it's a, com- it's a competitive problem, right? If you're going to be sure. a competitive employer, the better you can market your employee experience from day one, from the day they step into that interview room through to the day they leave, the more competitive 
you will be as an employer, full stop, right? So two worlds. In world A, Jim goes into an interview for a new new job. He sits down. They say, yeah, this is great. We're going to hire you. He gets sent a packet in the mail, and he gets some like six different logins to six different portals, and he does some stuff because he's excited about the job. Fast forward three months, Jim has absolutely no idea besides basic healthcare what his benefits are or how it's provided to him, right? That's, yep. that's world one. Let's go to the ether and go to world two where Jim starts his very, in, in his interview, they send him a link to an app that says, Hey, we want you to check out our employee experience before you join us. So you can see all the things that we do for our team that we offer you. He downloads the app. He's like, Oh, this is like a preview. This is super cool. Like these guys really have their shit together. I don't, doesn't feel like I need much more than this app to work here, you know, at least to, to engage in my experience. And then fast forward three months and Jim's like, Oh yeah, I check my, I check my showcase for company B. Like, you know, I check this thing weekly. Like it's always telling me about my benefits. It's letting, reminding me about how the PTO policy works. It's, you know, reminding me where I go get my ID card. Uh, you know, it, it talks to me and like, yeah, it like, Oh, we, I just missed a webinar. Cause I was in a meeting about, you know, how they're changing the eye insurance and, what that means for the coverage. And, you know, that's a very different experience. And I think that's the experience that employees as consumers are begging for. Again, go to a cocktail party, mention employee benefits. And the first thing out of everybody's mouth will be, I don't know shit about my benefits, but I'd love to. And there's all kinds of research that's not new that backs up the fact that employee benefits are one of the reasons that employees consider saying, right? That's why people always consider benefits when they're quitting. They're like, oh, look at the benefits package of this other company. And That's multiple right. times, the benefits package of the other company actually isn't any better. It's just better communicated. They know it better. That's right. Yeah. And so we've, we, we, I think we've got to sort of change the paradigm around how we talk about this stuff. But yeah, I mean, someone's got to own the rails and it's got to be, it's, you've like truly got to do it and we've got to stop doing it in piecemeal. And the empl- giving employers the power to do that, I think is, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I may, you know, fade into oblivion and never accomplish this. But I think it, it is a problem that has to be solved. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an overnight problem that we solve, but I, I think it's everything because they can like employees are consumers. It's so obvious to me. And, and, you know, I get so fired up about this because I'm like, this is so fucking obvious. I'm not that smart. I'm not smart <laughs> enough to have figured out something that nobody else has figured out. Like I'm just dumb enough to be like, this is really obvious. And what's really obvious is that we've got to create a better experience and a better front door for employees, if we want to optimize all this other shit we're trying to do for them. So I sat on the benefits broker side, the compliance, the consultant side, the tech side in this world that I live in. And um, I couldn't agree with everything you said more because as a benefits broker in the past, when I was just trying to get BORs and write as much premium as possible, I, I had this kind of epiphany that the decisions I was helping companies make was possibly really hurting people. And I was like, wait, we're going to open up the transparency of this. They're going to see where every dollar goes. We're going to help them with their benefits. And the human component actually started getting in the way. And the tech component was really sought after. Then we got too far away from the human component, right? And everything became tech-driven. And that f- those five generations in the workforce were like, hey, I don't want your goddamn app. you know. And I still yeah. want you to call me. I still want to talk to somebody. So there's this fine balance. But what it always came back to was where is the value? Who needs us for what and when? So what we've done, and again, this is no shameless plug, but we've looked at the employer solutions, all that benchmarking, all the analytics, the KPIs, all the things they want, the transparency to the data, the transparency to the dollar flow, building a health plan that allows for full transparency into claims billed versus claims paid after adjudication, you know, a PBM. And then 
I was like, my God, I'm just like every other broker where I have to use a TPA. So we went out and created the TPA. Then I said, oh shit, just like every other broker because I'm losing communication. They don't, none of the employees know any of the things. So we meet you and I'm like, okay, cool. Now we're, now we're, now we're roundabout. Then I thought about it. Oh my God. I've literally driven myself into the dirt because I had to create so many companies that most brokers have to go out and pick apart. Yeah. It's all right. Global domination is the next step. It is. But on the other hand, it makes you open your eyes at what I have to think back to the version of me 17 years ago. Yeah. Holy shit. That was really hard work. Yeah, that had multiple options for each of those components, Buckets, right? I mean, yeah, hundred percent, crazy. Yeah, and then you try to represent that to a client. Oh my god! And the poor client, the poor, the poor client, and honestly, the poor broker who's even trying to make sense of half of this on their behalf. Like, you know, I, God love most of these people, but it's also like, I mean, again, like. <laughs> I'm a highly educated person. And like, I can't even explain half this shit half the time. You know, it's, it's not, they don't make it a cakewalk. There's a reason insurance is confusing and dense. Uh, it's makes everybody in insurance a lot more money, but yeah, I think one, one thing you thought you said, I think is important to, to remember is, is not only is that, is that, that pipeline of information and choice and just options to the employer, just totally fucked. It's just totally clouded. Like the well has been poisoned because just too many people with their hands in the cookie jar. But if you think about like, again, you've got to think about it from both positions. You got to think about it from the organization and from the individual. And what I'm excited about our work together is like, we can now do those things simultaneously is you can look at claims data and you should be able to do this. Like it's 2023. We've got robots that can write job descriptions and we can put people on Mars shortly. Like we should be able to tell an employer, Hey, when you look at your claims data and where, where you're off the most, or, you know, you look at your out of network claims have spiked by 15% last year. How do you fix that? You fix that with good communication. The only thing that's going to get employees to go to the right providers is better communication. Education and communication, yeah. The only thing that is going to get a self-funded in- employer to save money outside of like just less random shit going wrong for their employees and maybe good, you know, stop loss coverage is like the employees have to know how to use the insurance better. Full stop. Like it's not that complicated. They just need to know. Going back to your optimization. Exactly. They just yeah. need the right information at the right time. For the right, for the thing that they need. And they need to know they have access to it. They need to know, oh, there's this place I can go to just go get my question answered real quick, right? So it, it saves money in the long term, right? I said, Pennywise and Dollar Foolish keep smacking point solutions on the on these problems and, and not building a technology that is a front door for your employees because it's a very expensive problem. I had a multi-thousand person employer I was talking to. This must have been, I don't know, a year and a half ago. A guy runs like a major waste management business, right? And he said, we have an internal policy, because they're self-insured. We have an internal policy that if you discover a claim error or think you were improperly billed by what the employee doesn't know is the TPA, because most employees have no idea that a TPA even exists, we will pay you 50% of the claim amount for reporting that error and letting us know that there was an issue with your healthcare process, right? So think about that. Like you get a bill from your insurance. You're like, I don't think this is right. Right. Like this is like, it's 1300 bucks, but I don't think it should be that much. Like I'm going to make sure I tell the employer so that this can get fixed. Right. He said in the decade that they have had this policy, he has had two people report an issue with a claim. Cause people don't care. They don't know. Well, I, and I said to him, I said, do you know why no one uses that policy? 
And he's like, oh, you know, this is this. I said, no, no one uses that policy because no one fucking knows about that policy. No one has any idea because I would make 600 bucks if I misrecorded that claim. Uh, if I recorded that claim and it was wrong. Because he knows it is actually worth paying for people to report those claims because overall it will it will still save him money as a self-insured employer across that many employees. Two people in 10 years. The funny thing is that adjudication <laughs> is done blink of an eye fast now over technology. It's and nuts. The, and and the employee, they don't have to pay the employee and the employee doesn't have to be out of pocket or burdened with trying to understand if they paid appropriate, inappropriately. Again, I guess, which is amazing, Crazy. but most people don't know that because they're getting slung, you know, all kinds of other weird shit. Hey, if, Mr. Employer, if you at Waste Management Company, <laughs> if you're listening to this and yeah. you have GovCon, reach out because we can help you save millions probably. Uh, no, that's crazy. Yeah, That's bananas. Crazy. I was like, I can't, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. So we're 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 getting close to the end, right? And you've been able to to rail here, <laughs> but if you could give me in a summation the next year, three years, five years of employee engagement as you see it, because yeah. things are changing, right? I mean, look, the economy's how many people are having massive layoffs. Things yeah. are getting squirrely quick. It's funny because I think, uh, and, and I, I will answer your question, I promise. But it, it is funny because people always think like, oh, a recession or a labor boom or whatever is going to change the answers to these questions. And that somehow benefits is like meaningfully changed by these swings. And the answer is it isn't because it's important no matter what. If you're hiring like crazy, it's really fucking important. If you're firing and you're trying to keep your existing team, it's really fucking important. Like this stuff doesn't change based on like the, the labor market. It's just always expensive to do this wrong. Full stop. Mm. What I think is if I could very easily sum up kind of like my prediction for the next five to 10 years in this space, Jim, it's that the empl employee expectations are going to continue to consumerize. And if you don't get on the bandwagon about that, you're going to continue to be inefficient and inefficiency is expensive. And what I mean by that is, this sounds really fucked up, but it's true. I was driving the other day and I had a thought about a thing that I needed to order because I just was like, I, you know, I have ADD and I just was like, oh fuck, I forgot to order that thing. I need to order that thing, right? While sitting at a traffic light, managed to click into the app, find the object, and purchase it in under 30 seconds before the light turned green. Got a text and an email that it was already on its way to me by the time I got home. And there's a reason everyone loves and uses Amazon, right? Because that is my it expectation works. for technology and for information and for branding. Like, that's it. So when I start my first day at a company and I get six different logins to a bunch of systems that I'm sorry, just fucking blow from a user experience perspective... And you try to sell me this bill of goods on how good the experience is. And my first interaction with your company's tech stack is these piece of shit HRIS interfaces and these horrible Ben admin systems. Like I call bullshit on your employer brand being any good because my first interaction with you is all this tech and it's terrible. And so I think the companies that get hip to that the fastest are going to like pull away from the, and we'll all like, everyone's going to follow suit because you don't have a choice. I just don't think you can put this cat back in the bag. But I think if I had to sum it up, like, the employee experience needs to be consumerized the way that everything else is these days. It needs to be good looking and match your brand. It needs to be good looking, well-built technology that's easy to use. It needs to solve my problems quickly. And it needs to be something that I have access to all the time in all the mediums that we need across five generations, right? And that's it. I mean, that's how we experience 
basically everything in a consumer economy right now. And it's just baffling to me that all of a sudden you get a job and it's like, people think like, oh, well, employee engagement and these interactions just normally suck at work. And it's like, no, 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 no. Somebody's going to get this right. And once they do, everybody else is going to have to fall in line. Yeah. And do you see your competitors are, are matching your, your footprints? Or do you think that there's just more stuff being sold and it's really not delivering? I mean, I talk. I must talk to a, a company a week at this point that's just telling me about how they got sold a bag of goods on one of our competitors that doesn't actually do the shit they said they do. Um, or, you know, they got bad advice from a broker who was like, yeah, we'll just put this texting solution in place. It's like, well, that's just, again, that's whack-a-mole. Stop playing whack-a-mole. So, no, I think, you know, especially now that we're joining forces, Jim, I'm very not worried about competition. I just, I'm worried that I just want to move faster than light speed to build this because I, I know how powerful it can be. And I think, yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to do it. I think, you know, the only thing that worries me is, truthfully, the only thing that worries me is like the middlemen because they just create a bunch of fucking, they kick up a bunch of dust for those of us that are trying to solve real problems and add real value for clients. And I don't know how you solve that problem until again, you just, this kind of all takes fire and people go like, no, 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 the system does the whole funnel. I don't fucking need Been you. fighting that fight for over a decade. <laughs> exactly. Well, look, I think, I think it's going to do what, what all, you know, I think this is happening in the real estate market now too, right? Like brokers yeah, are increasingly sure. getting pressure because Zillow does 80% of their job now, right? Like I can show okay. up with printouts of everything I need to know about that house. And what am I paying you? two and a half percent to open the door for? Like, what exactly is your value add here? The good ones will stay the good ones. They will continue to make millions of dollars in commissions selling real estate because it's getting more efficient for them to do it. And they're better at the relationship. They're better at the hard parts. They're better at looking for the muck in those deals. And, that, and they'll continue to get better. And 80% of the realtor market will disappear because there's just not enough business for them. And they're shitty at it. And I think, you know, we've seen a ton of consolidation in the broker market over the last, whatever, you know, just the decade I've been here. And I think it's only going to get worse. Like I think, Agreed. you know, I just think a lot of the fat is going to fall away because there's just no room for it. It's too expensive. It's too expensive to keep doing this wrong. So I stay servicing this GovCon market, right? Because there's so few people in it that actually get it. I'm really happy that you're on the team to help us try to fix this with these folks. Um, because everything you said you have to times it by three and amplify it to fit a GovCon because they just literally yeah, totally have imagine. zero budget. And like they're handling 5,000 people with two people in the back office, or right. they have like a payroll specialist doing HR stuff. And this young kid guy or girl is just what? <laughs> like, I don't even know how to get yeah. a hold of these yeah. people. Yeah. And the, the math is silly. Like that's the good thing about technology. Like people always think technology is expensive to implement and, and time. But the answer is like, Again, don't be penny wise and dollar foolish. Throw that out three years. Like if you're paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or hundred, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year for a technology solution, but it's, it helps four of your employees better utilize their health insurance in a small way over the course of two to three years, you've exponentially paid for that software, let alone multiplying that out over thousands of people. Like it's, it's like the math, the math maths, as they say. That's right. Yeah. The math, you know, maths, like yeah. the math maths, uh, it, it's pretty easy stuff, but you gotta, you gotta, again, you gotta be willing to, to implement some of these things. And you know, when you get bad advice from brokers and shit, it, it, it feels hard and it feels tedious. And you know, there is to your point earlier about too much tech versus too many people. It's like, it's hard to find groups that have the right balance of like good technology, but also good client services and good client services where it matters you know, brokers will do a lot of like, oh, I just do this all for the client. It's like, well, is that actually servicing the client? Or should you be teaching them how to fish where that's important and getting the fuck out of the way where that's important? And so it's, you know, it's a fine line. It's hard. It's hard to do all this shit right. 
So you're coming to maximize. You're speaking. Yeah. Yep. So you're going to be able to take some some arrows out of my back because now people are going to start sending them your way. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Here we go. I'm sure it's nothing new, but again, if you're good at this, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, why, why? Why are you being so sensitive, bro? Exactly. Why are you being so sensitive? <laughs> this isn't about you. So you're going to come down. You're going to speak to the GovCons. You're going to, you know, we've got a couple hundred people streaming. We've got a couple hundred live in person. Nice. Um, and then building this out going forward. Now we touch thousands and then tens of thousands. How does Showcase scale properly to keep the individual customer experience or, or their individual company experience unique to them when you have to touch tens of thousands of people? Unique to the employer brand, you mean? Yeah, the employer brand. How do you keep it individualized? Well, it's funny because like to each employer, mm-hmm. this is a piece of this that like nobody talks about. And I'm glad you asked this question. Employers don't give the people in charge of this at their companies enough breathing room to do this well. And if we can do what I know we can do with Showcase and what we're already starting to do, employers will have the the breathing room to actually be thoughtful about this experience. And they will not have to just throw more shit at the wall and see what sticks. They'll have the data, the platform, and quite frankly, the fucking time (laughs) to do this, right? Because what matters as an employer brand is do I provide things to my employees that back up what we say we care about here, right? Like, don't Mm -hmm. be box and not provide free gym memberships and personal training. That's fucking hypocritical, right? Yep. But also you know, don't be an employer that says you care about a certain thing and then not provide services that back up that thing, right? Don't be, don't be quote unquote family friendly and then not have fucking, you know, mat leave and childcare options, right? It, it's just basic shit. But also you can't yeah. just do what the guy across the street does because they do it. it. You have to speak to your own team. And I think the problem is right now, because it's such a black box for people, it's really hard to design this stuff for your employer brand because you don't have any data on any of it. You have no idea where your employees' eyeballs are going half the time. You don't know what questions they're asking of the system, right? Like I could tell an employer group right now the top five search terms on their showcase and what people are looking for, and you would be shocked at some of the shit that they see their employees searching for, right? Again, like be communicating. When it comes to benefits, that shouldn't be a shock, right? Like it should be like a narrow individual package for that individual because that's what they care about at that time. And I think... This is the biggest reason that I wanted to work with Showcase and work with you is because you're not afraid to say it the way it is, but you're also afraid not to- Blessing and a curse. (laughs) Well, no, but you're not afraid afraid to fail, right? It's not always right. Like we can't always be right. But if we're wrong, tell us where we're wrong so we can make it right for that experience that's unique to your company. Yeah, That's where everybody else in the industry is, I think, missing the mark, not failing, but missing the mark because they're making it very general. They're making it very broad. It's all very generic. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate that we have to stop doing that. And that's, so that's, that's, and that's always the give and take when you're building products like this, especially products that, that work with lots of humans is like, you don't want to boil the ocean. And especially in HR tech, I see this all the time across other partners we work with and other platforms is like, you start to get clients that ask for specific things that they want. And you have to, at a certain point, say no. Because that's how really shitty tech gets built is when you're taking technology advice from, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but like Jesse in HR, who's never built a technology product in their life, but thinks the button needs to do X. You're like, oh, this is a multi hundred thousand dollar contract. We'll build a button that just does X for Jesse. And now all of a sudden the platform is a fucking mess. And that's how you get really big, bad, clunky technology. But you have to be thoughtful. And I've fallen into that. Axum's fallen into that. Okay, everybody, everybody who's ever built in custom techno- technology has yep. fallen into this. We've fallen into this in ways, and then we've had to scale it back and be like, strip all of this. Like, if it doesn't serve all of our customers, but 
On the other side of that, you have to build flexibility. So I have to be aware of the fact that every single employer we work with has a different set of benefits. Every single employer we work with, different branding. Every set of employers we work with, different emphasis on app versus text versus email versus, so like I've got to build a system that can be nimble enough to support these guys, but give them, to your point, the customization and personalization they need without building shitty technology. And to be honest, I think the trick is like, you just have to be relentlessly scrupulous of your own technology to do that. And you just have to say, I'm not going to build it because you asked. I'm going to build it because it's the right thing to build. Right, right. And quite honestly, we just need more UI and UX designers in this space because most of it sucks. And that's it. Uh, I just refuse to yeah. build something that sucks because employees won't use it. You know? I love it. Check I love out it. Workday benefits portal anytime soon. It's like, woof, this is underwhelming. <laughs> hey. <laughs> By the way, her name's Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody where I live. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somewhere in the ether. Somewhere in the ether of HR tech. Again, I'm happy to be wrong. I'm I'm also happy to die on this hill because I think employees deserve better experience. But also, like, I just think employers and and specifically the benefits of HR teams that do this work, they deserve to be seen for doing all of this. Like, they're so underappreciated because they're stuck doing a bunch of bullshit. I know that core mission of most people that work in benefits and HR to be, which is that they want to do right by the team. They want to take care of people. I mean, if you're just a a benefits paper pusher, like God bless you, you're on the seventh hole anyway, but that's not, most people join this because they want to do right by the team. And so they, they need the fucking tools to shine, to do that. Say, Hey, look at all the shit I do for you. Look how easy this is. Look how good I've made this experience. Like I've never heard an HR person say that. (laughs) I mean, I can't wait to get showcase out to our clients and yeah, I'm fucking stoked. The new experience is just that. It's a new experience. So yeah. nothing happens overnight. And people are going to get hooked. This, this is going to be like pre-workout. People are going to be buzzing. Because <laughs> once you give it to employees, they're going to go from one employee employer that has this and goes, right. oh, I just have this thing that like personalizes my benefits, tells me what I need, like it talks to me, and it's branded. So I give all that credit to my employer. And then they're going to go to the next one, and they're not going to have it. And they're going to be like, what do you mean you want me to log into six different things? And you know, you don't have a you don't have a chatbot that just tells me how my health insurance works. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Well, you also have you know the expectation that look, you're going to hit a bunch of bumps in the road, and it's not going to be perfect. But you're giving HR a better vehicle to handle those bumps, right? As opposed to constantly digging the ditches and relaying the road every single year, like you said, in open enrollment. It's like no, no, no. We're going to give you the machine because the road's always going to be bumpy, but you're going to be in a much better machine to handle it, and you can carry your employees without throwing them out of the back. So exactly. Well, uh, I think that's our time. Cool. Thanks, Jim. I had fun. I had fun too. Especially for round two, I think we nailed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I feel less uh, less less like sweaty and amped than round two, but uh, yeah, that was a good conversation. And again, I could talk about this shit all day. So excited to do it at Maximize. I'm going to make sure that I'm buying you a bunch of dot fit. I'm sending it to you in (laughs) truckloads, but it's not going to be the no rage. I'm getting you the hyped up stuff. I want to see what Alexa just the rage. (laughs) Yeah, on the rage is is like I want to see. You're gonna like you pull your hair out, your eyes will be bloodshot, you'll be sweating everywhere. I'm gonna be flipping tables, man. Yeah, guarantee the message is still the same though, because you're just as fashion about it so that's what yeah, matters i do i do mean this for better or worse like i said i might i might fail completely on this one everyone might be like take a fucking hike alexa nobody cares but i just say think the same the thing incentives all the time. are i think the incentives are are right here like employees want this shit and we just have to line it up so they can get access to it all right so where do people find you people can find me on linkedin under alexa baggio or on instagram at alexa bag of donuts those are kind of the only two i pay attention to got it and truthfully, I hate social media, but what about LinkedIn? Uh, what about your website for the company? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can actually go to dobenefitsbetter.com, which is where you can learn about the showcase platform. Yeah. Dobenefitsbetter.com. Do I love benefitsbetter.com. it. I'm nothing if not obvious, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and a billboard. There you yeah. go. I'm a walking billboard. Well, I yeah. love it. And and you're yeah. rocking the Axum shirt today. I appreciate I, I that. I had to. Yeah. Awesome. I just got my I just got my box. Awesome. I'm glad. Appreciate the time. Likewise. Thanks.